0: Brilliant. So, we have, I mean, it's it'd be really wonderful um, start to the new year. We've been going through, well, at the moment, as we go through our vision, because as King's Church, we exist to make Jesus famous, and we do that by being love-lovers. Loving others, and so we're, we're really emphasizing and going through each of those things and what that looks like and what that means, and digging deeper into it as a church community. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking in our several communities about um, what it means to know that we are loved by God um, and to know that we are unconditionally accepted by our Father, to know that Jesus makes us whole and sends us, and to know that the Holy Spirit transforms and empowers us. And all that is knowledge to know know. know to know to know and it's really important that before we before we ever endeavor to do something we know who we are because it's only from knowing who we are um, and that place of understanding our identity that we can be all we're supposed to be and so it's been really good to hear testimonies. You've heard testimonies in different communities. There was one this um, last week about a lady who had um, just throughout her Christian life really been struggling to, 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 to feel or to understand that God really loved her. It's almost like she knew it in her head, but she hadn't grasped it here. And um, I think it was just last week and in our central community, she shared a testimony that just during the service and time of worship, she really just felt and understood in that moment, oh, my gosh, he really, really, really loves me. He really does. And it's such a beautiful moment when that happens. And it doesn't have to be a one-off. You know, we're constantly having, well, to have those moments of a revelation of God's love. And I know that he loves me. I've known that he's, he loves me. But I want to continually know even more that he loves me. Because his love... Like we said, um, you know, this picture of a waterfall is never-ending. It's so vast, and, and, and we pray that we'd be strengthened, that we'd be able to grasp just how much. So I don't want to be satisfied with just knowing, oh, yeah, God loves me. Pack that up in a nice little box set. I want to continually grow and understand even more and more how much he loves me because he really does, and he wants support. So I don't ever want to become... I guess, just comfortable and with and satisfied with that, but to continually grow in knowing how much he loves me. So it's really great that it's happening. And whether it's for the first time or whether it's a, a deeper understanding of the love that God has for us, we're beginning to see that. And we had a great time at Deeper, just jumping about in his love. It was a really, really good time. I encourage you all to come for Deeper if you didn't make it last time, but um, please do. It's really good. Um, so carrying along in that um, same vein of of knowing the love of God for us. Um, We know of so many classic love stories, you know, where the man is usually the man who will travel like all the way across the world or do the craziest things for um, the woman that he loves. And yet we have the greatest love story ever told, in that Jesus, who loved us so much, gave up his, his majesty, he gave up his throne so he could come down, become one of us, And then die for the ones he loved. Ultimate, ultimate sacrifice of love for us. It's the greatest story, greatest love story ever told. And it's true. It's not fictional. And his love truly is amazing. And it really does change everything. Jesus loved us so much that he died for us. He loved us so much that he rose again for us. And he loved us so much that after he rose and ascended to the Father, he sent us his Holy Spirit, all because he loved us. Let's look at John chapter 14, if you have your Bibles. John 14 and from verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then if we flick over to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 and from verse 15 says for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry Abba Father the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and if the children of God we are heirs heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him I love the way the message translation puts in those couple of verses. And it says, This resurrection life you received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, What's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are. Father, Father and children god's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are it's an absolutely beautiful picture of the role of of the holy spirit in our in knowing our identity and who we are our whole identity is wrapped up in who he is holy spirit Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, like we saw last week in that amazing dance of God that Lauren demonstrated with us with the help of her wonderful volunteers, and we get to partake in that dance, and we're, we're brought into this amazing dance, and, and the Holy Spirit, he's, he's so, he is so wonderful in that he confirms our identity as sons of the Father. He is the one who, who bears witness with us that, yeah, actually, no, you really are a daughter of God. You really are a son of God. He is so amazing. He's a wonderful gift to us, God's children. God loved us so much that he sent his spirit so that by his spirit, we would know, yeah, I am a child of God. I am loved by God. And so let's look a little bit more about who he is and and what he does, because he's so amazing. And he's not, he's not, I know sometimes he may be portrayed as a bit of an Adon or a we don't always talk about it, but He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and He is absolutely wonderful. And He's one of my most exciting people to talk about because He's absolutely amazing. He He has changed me. He is changing me. He is at work in us. We can see His effects. He's just so wonderful, and He's nothing to be frightened of, or to, or, or so mysterious that we kind of oh, I'm not quite sure. He is wonderful. He is at work in me and he's at work in you. He's at work in us. And so it's amazing that we get to explore more of who he is and what he does. He is so vital to knowing who we are. And just remember that as we grow through this, this whole, remember I said, um, loved, knowing that we are loved. And the Holy Spirit helps us because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He confirms our identity and all that we are is wrapped up in who all that he is. So let's watch this really short video just telling us a bit more about who the Holy Spirit
1: is.
2: If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit,
1: and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then, above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but... What is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to <laughs> clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. <sighs> So you feel that inside you? Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply. That, too, is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah.
2: see what's happening in history from
1: God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice.
2: A new type of disorder.
1: Yes. And the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others.
2: How will this new act of God's spirit happen?
1: Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River.
2: Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit
1: comes and rests on him like a bird. This story is saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death.
2: Now... Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus, and they eventually have him killed.
1: But even here, God's spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus.
2: This is the beginning of new creation.
1: Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit.
2: And soon after that, the Spirit powerfully comes on all of His disciples.
1: So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's Spirit. And so,
2: today, the Spirit is still hovering in dark places.
1: Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the Spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity, living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit.
0: Hopefully that was helpful. That really excites me. When I, Every single time I listen to it, did you take a deep breath when he said, take a deep breath? If you didn't, now's your chance. Everyone take a deep breath. Did you feel the energy? <laughs> that's absolutely amazing. But the Holy Spirit has been since the beginning. In the beginning, he was because he is God. And he's been at work. And I just think it's so fantastic to see how he has been at work throughout the whole storyline of the Bible. He is not a New Testament concept, even though we see him sort of manifest in a different way. But the Holy Spirit has always been at work with Father and Son from the very beginning. And so let's look at the book of Ezekiel. Look at the book of Ezekiel in chapter 36. Ezekiel 36, and from verse 26, and it says this. And this is the prophet Ezekiel. Like in the video, the, the prophets were, and by the Spirit of God, they were able to speak what he says. And he prophesied about a future time, saying, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you, And move you to follow my decrees and be careful to follow and to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. An absolutely amazing promise that we see now that when we receive Jesus into our lives, when we repent and say, I I want to live life your way, God, I receive you as my Lord, as my savior, as my master, as my king. When we receive Jesus, he comes to live inside of us by his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the person of Jesus Christ and he comes to live inside of us. And this is the amazing privilege we have in the new covenant which Jesus came and put into place. Um, and so this wasn't familiar to, 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 to those who lived before Jesus came because at that particular time, they really struggled to obey God's commandments. And we see time and time again where there was this standard, but they kept falling short. And, um, and God kept taking them back and kept forgiving them as they made sacrifices and did all the other things he put in place for them to do so that they could be with him. But then he made a promise to say, it won't be like this forever. I'm going to enable you to live life the way you're meant to. I'm going to enable you to become pure and holy so you can be with me, so you can be my people. I'm going to take the initiative to enable you to do that. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to take of my very self of who I am and I'm going to live inside you. I'm going to put myself, God, as the Holy Spirit, inside you to move you to live and obey my ways, to enable you to live the life that I have for you. And it, he calls the, um, the Holy Spirit, the helper, to come alongside and help um, us. And he encourages us. But it's so much more powerful than just, I guess, a buddy who you're holding hands with. God says, I want you to be my people, so I'm going to put myself inside of you to make you come alive. And he makes us come alive when we hear about that energy of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us, and so he really makes us come alive and who we were always meant to be and it's just absolutely amazing that whoever believes in him the spirit of god comes and lives inside of us and and scripture tells us out of him shall flow rivers of living water in the book of john this is speaking about the holy spirit who fills us up and who pours out of us when we put our trust in jesus He gives us his spirit, and his spirit is the one who transforms us from the inside out. The spirit enables us to live this life, this newness of life that God has given us. And so it's not by our striving or our trying really hard that we become more like him, but it's by yielding to the spirit of God who already lives inside of us. Hands up if you know the Holy Spirit lives inside you. Yeah. That's good. The most powerful thing about about knowing is that when we know something and we believe it to be true, it affects how we think, it affects how we feel, it affects how we behave. And a lot of the times we Like I said before, things don't always go the way we think or the way we planned or the way we feel. But actually, it's so important that we know that God lives inside of us. This powerful, mighty, wonderful Father who created everything that there is lives inside me. Small little me in my little corner in Mustang where I live there. But he lives inside me. When I wake up in the morning in a bad mood... He lives inside of me. When I'm going to work and when I'm trying to live life and make a difference, he lives inside of me. And knowing that is so important to knowing who we are. And we can't and we shouldn't skip past that because it's so important. So you know the energizing power of God who lives in us. He never expected us to walk it alone. He gave us of his spirit so that we could be transformed by him. And let's look at Galatians chapter 5, the famous Famous chapter talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 and from verse 16. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things there is no law. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever tried to be more loving or tried to be more kind or in your own strength? You can only always get so far because sometimes people are really hard. To love let's just be honest um this christmas <laughs> this christmas just gone um, uh, so at work um what tends to happen to me is every every christmas when we have secret santa i tend to get as my secret santa the person who i didn't really get on with that year now i know what you're all thinking lakundo not get on with anyone surely that's not true It does happen sometimes, I know. But every year, so like for the past three years, the person I have got for Secret Santa is always a person I've either had an argument with or we, we just don't get on it. It's like, oh God, really, why? Now I have to think about this person and buy them something that they actually like. Um... But so so, and I and I have done because you know God took journey. It's like yes, love the person. It's always been really great. Um, and, and this last last Christmas, just gone in particular, I was really struggling because the the person I got for Secret Santa had really hurt my feelings. Like really hurt my feelings. I was really upset with them. I was like, no, I can't. I don't want to buy them a nice present. Can I not just, I don't know, get them a voucher or something? Or, like, I don't want to. God, and 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 I came to the point where I was like, Do you know, I haven't got it in me. I just, I want to be able to say. I'm an amazing Christian and I really love this person. And I'm super kind, but I just I just can't. I don't have it in me. So God, I know that I'm called to love. I know that I'm called to be like you and be generous. So help me. Holy Spirit, I know you're in me and I know you love them. So help me. And in that moment of surrender, in that moment of realizing that there's only so far I can go in myself, in that moment, the Holy Spirit began to do a real work in my heart. And he began to melt my heart towards towards them. Um, these were the, the two people. He began to melt my heart towards these people. And I was like, okay, God, this is cool. So I went out and I bought, I bought a present. And and when we were at the table, there was something in the, when I handed over the present to this person, then it physically felt like something broke off my heart. And in that moment, God spoke to me and he said, this process of forgiveness it it is kind of a process and you you decide to forgive someone and but then actually you take it a step further and when you show love to someone you're really forgiving them like you're continuing on this process and and something and I feel like I really didn't want to go for that Christmas meal but I feel like I needed to go more for me than for the people there and God really wanted to teach me something so as I gave this present Something broke and I suddenly felt the love that God has for that individual and the selfishness and the, it wasn't about me anymore because I was just thinking about me and my little old feelings and my right to be upset and, and whatever else I thought. But actually in that moment of, of giving something to that person, Holy Spirit just broke that off. That was all him producing the fruit of the Spirit in me because in and of myself... I wasn't able to, but by his power, he's able to transform us, to be able to love, and he's so powerful. And then, as though that wasn't enough, I was like, okay, cool, I've done that, I've done that. And um, one of my other colleagues um, did something. They went out of their way for someone, and he said, right now, give them a compliment. I was like, oh, I don't want to. Because in my head, I thought, they're just showing off. I didn't need to say that or do that. But I thought, okay, no, it's fine. And so I gave them a compliment, but then people were talking so They didn't hear me. I thought, okay. And then later we were on our own and Holy Spirit said, give the compliment. And so I gave the compliment. And again, as soon as I gave the compliment, something just broke and my heart just melted. And I was like, oh my goodness, God, you're so amazing. Because in and of myself, I really wouldn't have been able to love and forgive and to give a compliment. But the Holy Spirit really did do something. And so he is the one who produces the fruit of the spirit in our lives, when we yield to him and we allow him to do that. We don't have to try. and, and, and I remember coming home to dummy and be like, "I'm trying to love them, I'm trying to love them." And it's actually looking to stop striving, just yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to transform your heart, because he's the one who does that. He's the one who enables us to live the way He's called us to live. In John chapter 16 and verse 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare um, to the things of me to you. And this this is absolutely wonderful that we, the Holy Spirit reminds us of truth. He reminds us because he only speaks what he hears, the Father speaks. And he reminds us of who we are. In those moments where we don't feel good enough, like Sarah was saying earlier in worship. When we don't feel good enough, we don't feel worthy enough. When We haven't loved that person as much as we could have done. Or we've struggled to forgive somebody. He reminds us of the truth of who we are. He reminds us of our identity. And we don't have to strive. All we have to do is yield to him. And it's, it's just wonderfully, wonderfully supernatural. Um, wonderfully supernatural that he does live in us by by his spirit. That God Almighty lives in us by his spirit. And he molds us to become more like him. There's nothing natural about that. Well, it's natural to God because he's naturally supernatural. and the, Yeah, but anyway. It's a supernatural thing. It's absolutely amazing and that he transforms us and that he lives in us. And not only does he come into us to, to transform us and make us more like Jesus. He also empowers us. Jesus did all that he did as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit. So yes, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. He chose to become a man and be empowered by the Holy Spirit so he could give us an example of how we are supposed to live. Let's go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Verse 18. It's easy sometimes to say, yeah, but Jesus was Jesus. Of course he was Jesus. But Jesus was a man. Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. He only said what he heard the Father say. And he waited until he had received the anointing of the Holy Spirit before he began doing what he was sent to do. He he, he operated as a man under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4. I can find it and from verse 18 this is Jesus and he stands up and he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor Then he rolls up the scroll, puts it down and says, Today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. And in John chapter 14, we hear Jesus say, The things I do, those who believe in me will do, and even greater things than this will you do, because I go to the Father. Jesus went and he he was led by the Spirit, and he went into the wilderness, and then he came out full of the power of the Holy Spirit and continued um, proclaiming the kingdom of God and doing what God has sent him to do, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and that's how we are supposed to live. And that's the truth of what we have. And again, not in a sense of striving and in a sense of this is what I'm trying to achieve, but in the sense that God wants us to know that we have the Holy Spirit, that He has given us the Holy Spirit to live in us and to also come, in a sense, upon us to do everything he's called us to do. When God asks us to do something or, 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 or um, he, he, he nudges us in a certain way, he doesn't just nudge us and leave us to it. He says, I'm, I'm asking you to do this because I'm giving you the ability to do it. As long as you trust in me, I'm going to give you the ability to go do this. Um, so it may not necessarily be easy. It might not be that easy to, to speak to the person on the road who you don't really know, but Jesus said, go out and tell people about me. And I'm going to empower you to do it. Jesus said to, to, to live life. He came that we would have life and life to the full. And the way we have life to the full is by the Holy Spirit living in us. The Holy Spirit comes to transform us, but also to empower us and um, to live life the way God's called us to. In Acts, he tells, well, just before Jesus left, as we saw, he breathed upon his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And we do when we come to Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. We can hear him. We can talk to him. But then he also said, wait, wait, and you will receive power when he comes upon you. And so they did, and they waited in the upper room, and they waited, and they prayed, and they waited, and they prayed, and then he came. And the Holy Spirit came like an earthquake. Tongues of fire appeared upon their heads, and they spoke in other tongues. Completely supernatural, absolutely supernatural. Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's just wonderful. One time Richard gave this analogy of um, Iron Man's suit and then he referred to it as DC. I just didn't listen after that. If anyone knows of the Marvel and DC comics, he got them mixed up. It was very upsetting, but the message was great. Um, (laughs) The analogy does fall down somewhere, but um, Iron Man in himself is just Iron Man. When he gets into his suit, however, he can do really cool and amazing things. And the same way God has anointed us in that we can trust in the anointing, just as Iron Man can trust in his suit suit. So once that and, and and the scripture does speak about when the, the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it's like He clothes us. So He, it's like we're dressed in the Holy Spirit, so we can go out there knowing and trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit. If I go out there knowing and trusting in myself, well, I don't really have any power to do anything. But I can trust that God loves these people and God wants to show up and heal them. So I'm just going to trust in the Holy Spirit to do something. And I go, all I have to do is extend my hand and be there, be that vessel, and the Holy Spirit comes. And he empowers us to do those things. And he's the one who makes a difference. All throughout the book of Acts, we see they were full of the spirit. They were filled with boldness because of the spirit. Even when they were under persecution, they went back to God and they prayed, give us boldness so we can keep proclaiming the gospel. They didn't pray, uh, oh God, please don't let them kill us they prayed holy spirit give us boldness so we can carry on and he did and they were full of boldness by the spirit they were full of joy by the spirit they went to places or didn't go to places because the holy spirit said go or don't go and they had authority because of the holy spirit we have the authority of God because we have him living inside of us and sometimes we forget that sometimes we it's almost like we, we have this whole armor and artillery iti- you know, and we go out there, but then we come up against something and we quiver and we're like, oh no, I'm helpless before you because I forgot that I have this amazing kit and I'm actually really powerful, but I forgot in this moment. And sometimes we can do that. But even when we're afraid, he hasn't left us. He hasn't left us. He's always there. And which is why as we read his word and every morning as we wake up and we ask him to remind us of who we are and we realize and our awareness of the Holy Spirit in us and with us grows, we remember who we are. We remember, it's like that story of, I don't know, was it the... Something, some sort of animal had been put in a cage so long it forgot who it really was. Anyway, anyway. But remembering who we are and realizing that actually I do carry all of God inside of me. I have the authority of God inside of me. Helps us and enables us um, to walk out this life the way God has intended for us to be. And that is the truth. He is the spirit and he reminds us of that. He reminds us of the truth of who we are. So we don't have to settle for not living life to the full. And he is just absolutely amazing. He like we've said the Holy Spirit is he's the person of Jesus Christ. So he's not he's not this weird thing that we control and manipulate. He is the person of Jesus Christ and he lives us and he wants to commune with us. He wants to speak to us. He wants to to help us. He wants to have conversations with us. He wants us to know, to know he's for us so we can tell him how we're feeling. He can tell us what to do. He can guide us. There's nothing too big or too small. And, and I remember when I was about, I think I was about 11 and I was first baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and began to speak in tongues and me and my younger brother thought we were going mad but you know it was fine it was god we got used to it um, but something changed in me something changed i became bigger on, on on the inside i suddenly felt like oh my gosh yeah i god's in me god i know who i am i i had this confidence and this authority and even though i was 11 as i was actually god of heaven lives inside of me i know who i am i can stand up to anything because he's given me all that i need and suddenly my my confidence and my identity changed because my awareness and because of the holy spirit coming upon me in power and baptizing me and he wants to do that and he does do that to us he wants us to to grow in our awareness of the fact that he's with us And he is with us. You don't have to to sort of beg and plead and and try. There we go. (laughs) But he is with us. And one of my favorite, favorite verses, I have a few, but it's Luke chapter 12, verse 11 to 13. It says, when you're brought before the synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourself or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Don't worry, because he'll help you. If you get into an awkward situation or you're thinking, how am I going to tell these people about the gospel or how am I going to defend or how am I going to say this? Don't worry. Trust in the Holy Spirit. Trust in the anointing of God because he is with you and he's not going to let you down. He will guide you into all truth. He will remind us of who we are. He will remind us that we are loved sons and daughters of the king and he will empower us to do all that he has called us to do. And so I just wanted to encourage you to say, if you, and I believe that if you have accepted Jesus Christ, you do have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. There's, there's, there's more that he wants to do in the sense of baptizing us. John said, another will come, Jesus will come, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And God wants to do that in ever increasing measure to keep pouring out his spirit on us, to keep pouring out his fire in us so we can burn for him. So we can follow after him with passion so we can become more and more who we truly are and who he always created us to be. And so I'm just going to pray. And um, so if you are going to just close our eyes and just wait on him for just a moment. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. We know that you know our hearts, and you know the heart of the Father. And we pray right now in this moment as we wait on you, Jesus, that you would just come, Holy Spirit. Would you come and do what you want to do in our hearts, God? We give you room. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that he lives in us and that he fills us, he transforms us, and he empowers us. And Father, we just want to learn and know more how to yield to your Holy Spirit. We want to know we want to know your energy inside of us. We want to know um, walking with you each and every single day, hearing your heart, Jesus. We don't want to do things in our own strength, but we want to lean into you and yield to your Spirit. We thank you for the authority and the power that we have because you live in us, God. Help us not to forget that, God. And I pray, Jesus, that you would baptize us again, that you would baptize us afresh in your spirit, God. I pray that we would be those who are completely yielded to you, God. That whatever it looks like, we would say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come and wreck us for your glory. Come and make us more like you, Jesus. Let us be fully yielded to you, regardless of what that looks like. Father, we want to be those who are ready to look foolish for you, because we love you so much, and because you're filling us with all that you are. And so, God, I pray right now for boldness in our hearts, to listen and to yield to you, God, to hear what you are saying to us, God, and to continually be filled with all that you are. We bless you, God, and we love you, God. Amen. 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 So just to encourage us just as we close, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you don't know what that means... It's nothing scary. It's the wonderful gift of God and he wants to do that. So if you haven't, I just want to encourage you to go to the prayer banner at the end and there'll be someone there to pray for you. We're going to pray together because a difference comes when he comes upon us and he fills us with his power and he enables us to live the life that he called us to live. Amen. <laughs>